everyone, and welcome back to A Troop of Players, an actual play podcast where we're going to take you on grand adventures one season at a time, one genre at a time. I am your GM, Chris McLean, and with me are my, well, uh, troop of players, so to speak. Hi, everyone. How are we doing this evening? Whoa. <laughs> I'm alive. Hello. That's all anyone can ask of you, buddy. Thanks. Oh, man. Uh, I, I've missed you guys. It's been too long since we sat in front of our cameras and played together, but I'm super excited to get started. So when we last left our hero, we had picked up, I don't want to call it an SOS. It was more a smoke signal of a horrible bandit attack that had attacked a caravan that was carrying supplies towards the capital city of Yudraria, of the Empire of Yudraria, Plataea. They were carrying relief supplies, and there was a detonation of some magical potions that caused a massive uh, lightning-infused smoke column into the sky. And when y'all went to investigate, you found a traitor named Garrett and his daughter, who were trying desperately to defend themselves against the onslaught of what appeared to be the bandit leader. You guys interrupted. Suri, you tried to intimidate him with a gun to his face. He didn't care. All of you kicked the crap out of his goons. He summoned a plant monster. Tati, you turned it into mulch. And then uh, y'all tried to get your wounds in order. And Garrett kindly requested that you get his wagon back because not only is it his livelihood, but also if the bandits got a hold of it, there's enough magical resources where if they know what they're doing, they could become a real threat in the region. And if they don't know what they're doing, they're sitting on a very large bomb. So it is now the morning after you've accepted that request. And Tati, Garrett gave you some good advice for trying to resist the impact of the man with the violet eyes. And then in a cutaway that none of you as characters knew, but everybody as players knew, the bounty hunter Zelda Blint is saying she is still going to try and bring Gwen back to her dad, but she may have to kill some children to do it. I'm sorry, who? who? I don't know that person. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Who is this? Where'd you, what's your operating number? <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> All right, everyone. The way I see it, it's morning. Everybody's waking up. The ship was uh, rather cramped in the evening, given the unfortunate size of the Wren. She's not a she's not exactly a spacious vehicle. Hey, the ship is perfect as it is. Oh, of course. <laughs> There's just too many people on the ship. Excuse okay? me. How dare I disparage <laughs> the Scarlet Wren? You uh, you could take it up with the captain, man. <laughs> Oh my good question, are we in hammocks or bunks? That's a good question. Suri, how do people sleep on your ship? Uh, hammocks. I, I think it's hammocks strung up underneath. Do you have a bed in your uh, captain's cabin? I do, but I think Suri would have given it to the little girl, but she usually would sleep there. If you gave up your bed to Lily, I think that was her name. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I totally had a, She's one of the most important NPCs in this adventure, and I completely spaced on her name for a second there. Thank you. Thank you, Alex, for maintaining continuity in this podcast. Now I'm freaked, but I'm almost 100% sure her name was Lily. <laughs> you know what? Even if it wasn't from now on, her name's Lily. That's what it is. Whatever her name was, if her name was like Amelia or something, I don't know. That's not her name anymore. Her name's Lily. We retconned it. Moving on. <laughs> if Lily is taking that bed, then Garrett is also taking that bed because he's not leaving her alone. Yeah. 
And yeah, so it is, dawn is beginning to break as the sun is coming up. The monsters are all scurrying back to their holes. And as dawn is breaking, those of you who perhaps were still asleep are now beginning to smell the utter divine nectar that is the coffee of Garrett. And uh, yeah, he's making that that pristine, beautiful, uh, once-in-a-lifetime, no-coffee-for-the-rest-of-your-life-will-ever-compare coffee to get you started in your morning. How did y'all sleep? Is everyone is everyone feeling okay? Is everyone relatively well-rested? At <laughs> 7 out of 12 wound, I'm going to say... Cassandra's a little sore. <laughs> um, and that might be a little bit of an understatement. I don't think Suri slept. I think she's kept watch. She was too paranoid. I think Atlas got about as well of a night of sleep as they ever get. Fair. They're used to sleeping in a bunch of like really weird, uncomfortable environments. So Yeah. They rely on the coffee a lot. Gwen definitely didn't sleep too well because she's still... She's made the decision to talk to... Atlas and Cassandra about the dream she's been having, but it's she's still nervous about it, regardless, even though she made that choice. So she had a rough night. Did she get visited in her dreams? Not tonight, actually. Okay. Not at all. That's good. That's good. I think maybe if anything, she'll feel a little better about it right now because it's not super, super fresh. So I think she's waking up still confident that it's the right move. Maybe if she had had another scary dream, She'd be doubting it a little more again, but she seems to be in a good place about it. Yeah. Luna, how'd you sleep? I don't sleep, so. (laughs) (laughs) You're Batman. You take like three, you take like a 30 minute micro nap. Yeah, like like micro naps throughout the night. I like your reference for that is Batman and mine is Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) Where's everyone staying? I guess. I mean, we have like a crew quarters, don't we? We must. I think it's just under the deck and there's just hammocks strung up. And then everyone's just crammed by, like, cargo and, like, just, like, whatever. Probably. Well, I definitely sleep in the engine room, so I slept fine. I slept like a baby. (laughs) You slept with dreams of taking care of the schlamnings with the (laughs) ding-dongs, right? Yes. Yes. And you're you're singing your banging song or whatever. Yeah, the banging song. Uh, uh, I forgot how that went. Me too. You're going to come up with another one. It's fine. Yeah, I will. The Evans way is to bang on the pipes. That was it. Bang on the pipes. Bang on the pipes. I sing that to myself every night before I go to sleep. I'm like, the Evans way is to bang on. Do you cuddle a wrench? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Please tell me you put googly eyes on it. It's well, it was my it was my father's wrench. You know, it's it's so there's uh, a beard on it. I sort of have a little like we. Had, I had a love hate relationship with that wrench. It's a little quirky, you know, but it's sentimental at the same time. So you know, it's like, uh, yeah, like it sleeps next to me, but I'm not like spooning it. You know what I mean? Also, where are we headed right now? So you're you're gonna be getting off the ship, and you're gonna be trying to track down. You're gonna track down the wagon. Garrett said that he thinks it might be in the ruins of a village that is actually nearby. Luna, I did want to ask you. It's okay if you said you didn't sleep at all. That's fine. But I wanted to give you a chance to actually like give a serious answer if you had one. No, I mean like just normal. You know, like I I do think it's like sort of cat naps throughout the night. Yeah, just like that's like normal. So yeah, like you're you're hyper vigilant. You wake up to make sure no one's sneaking up on you. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Garrett is making coffee. It smells delicious. Lily is uh, holding a spyglass that was in the captain's cabin. And uh, she's she's sort of like, she sort of like shunks it out and then like looks around and then shunks it back in and then just kind of like flops. You know, she's just doing like child things when children are bored. She's like 12 and she realizes that she's not supposed to run around on the ship because everyone is asleep under the decks, or at least she's operating under that assumption. But uh, yeah, so y'all wake up to that delicious, delightful, intoxicating aroma of that coffee. Uh, what do y'all do? I first of all go get the spyglass. I <laughs> I like walk up and do like that parent thing where they just like plunk it out of the hands without a word. I like take it. Yeah, <laughs> Lily looks up and she's like, hey! Ow. Hey, that's mine! <laughs> and then I walk over to Garrett and just grab a cup. Yeah, and then under her breath, she's like, yeah, it's not like you were using it at the time. I was being <laughs> careful. I wasn't going to break it or anything. God. <laughs> she just she just ignores it. Suri's like, I can't. I Not today. <laughs> it's too early. <laughs> Atlas, like, flies to the coffee. Like, <laughs> he wakes up. He can smell in the air. He goes over, pours himself a cup. He, to be polite, he drinks it black, a couple sips of it black. It's very delicious. And then he ruins it with, like, too much sugar. <laughs> you see, there's just a flicker of pain in Garrett's <laughs> eyes for a moment. <laughs> just for a moment, he's just like, <laughs> just a brief wince of pain. Cassandra is going to wake up very sore and bruised and sort of not expecting this because she was just sort of too tired to heal herself last night and is not used to getting more than like a scraped knee, which she can heal herself. So I would like to do a medicine check. A medicine check? Or are you trying to heal heal yourself with magic? I'm going to heal myself with magic. Oh, okay, cool. I don't know. I'm good at both. What do I use? Do you want to try and use magic to heal yourself or do you want to try and like bandage yourself up? Because that's the difference between the two. I feel like Cassandra in like almost instinctively would fall on magic. Yeah. Okay, so I'm offended. I rolled one failure and five advantage. <laughs> so I think Cassandra is in a point where it's it's like at the end of Dr. Horrible where you're like, oh, I'm in pain. I think this is what pain feels like. And so it kind of throws off your ability to heal. Can I try a medicine check then? <laughs> She's like, well, the magic didn't work, so I guess I have to get a band-aid. You know what? Yeah, I'll allow it. Fudge, I rolled with the wrong stat. (laughs) Reroll. Okay. Sorry. Okay, that's much better. One success, five advantage, and one triumph. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds better. (laughs) Okay, so I... At least heal one wound, which, you know. Uh, A triumph also counts as a success in these cases. So you heal two wounds, I believe. Heck yeah. Okay. So uh, you've healed your wound. You've healed two wounds. Are you going to go and go to uh, your coffee? Are you going to get coffee? Nah, Cassandra doesn't drink coffee. (laughs) Except when, like, really, really necessary. Her body is a temple (laughs) for the teacher. (laughs) He lives there, you know. (laughs) Yeah, guys. Did you not realize that? (laughs) Awesome. Who else wakes up? What do you do? I get out out of my little nestled spot in the engine room and I 
do my routine, you know, maintenance checks, checking the, the pogs and the schkodels and all the little levies, you know, making sure all the nuts and bolts are all tight. And I, I smell that coffee. How many people are in this room right now? Who's who's at the coffee? It's Surrey's at the coffee. Yeah, the coffee's above deck. Yeah. I uh, I just sort of like, you know, morning, morning. Like, how are you? How are you? Like, I'm, I'm sort of laughing a little bit because I see that everyone's backs are kind of aching, like their shoulders are super like high tension shoulders, like all raised. And I'm like, oh, sucks to suck. <laughs> I go to like uh, get the coffee and I, I uh, take a whiff and, and take a sip and my soul is, is transformed and I, I, I get emotional and I, I haven't had coffee like this. Like, it's like that Ratatouille moment yeah. where I'm like, at, like, I like, I, I like, I'm like shot back and like, I'm like, I'm envisioning like the time, like one of my most fondest memories from like my voyages. And, uh, yeah. and I, I shed a tear a little bit. I, I just look at, um, what, what was, uh, what was his name again? Garrett. Garrett. I look at Garrett and I go, that's eh, all right. <laughs> and I walk away. Yeah, he he waves. He raises his mug in acknowledgement. He's like, no, oh, thanks. And then he takes another sip. <laughs> he's very humble about his coffee. Yeah. <laughs> he knows what you drank. He saw yeah. he saw into your soul. He sees right through me as your life changed forever. Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to keep my composure. Yeah. So Luna, Gwen, are you guys coming up to get some coffee, or are you staying below deck? I definitely slept in the crow's nest because it is the <laughs> highest vantage point and thus the most secure. And uh, I also don't drink coffee, but just because it would probably kill me with the level of anxiety that <laughs> anxiety you have. I already have. So. <laughs> well, it's also you don't want to be reliant on a stimulant to get your day started. That's just, yeah, that's bad. That's just bad. So I'm just like, I'm just up there like judging everyone from a very high vantage point. <laughs> Luna's up there just going, I see no teacher up here other than me. <laughs> and Gwen, how are you doing this morning? Yeah, on a similar note, Gwen does not need coffee today. Uh, she's plenty jittery without it. So she's sitting on her bed just with her elbows on her knees, looking at the floor, sort of giving herself a, a pep talk, uh, hyping herself up, saying, yeah, what are they going to do? Throw me off the ship? <laughs> Just talk to him. It'll be fine. I don't think they have the authority to throw you off the ship. Yeah, do they know who I am? But she's really just trying to figure out when the right time to, to go upstairs and and to talk to Cassandra and Atlas is, but she's also wondering how she's going to do that without drawing attention to it or making it really obvious that she's singling out two people. So mm. she's sort of just down there making a game plan, thinking of excuses she can make to talk to them without making it super sus <laughs> so she'll be there for a while <laughs> well uh, go ahead cassandra go you ahead should, okay go ahead, cassandra, well go. cassandra's gonna go downstairs <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> normally gwen needs a little bit of help in the morning <laughs> as far as awakening goes this is true she's you know got like sleeping beauty syndrome and so cassandra is going to to come downstairs and uh investigate investigate the situation but find a surprisingly upright gwen <laughs> yes <laughs> so gwen just looks up at her says oh super surprised clearly just didn't expect anyone to come down here um uh, good morning morning what are you doing up um y you know 
enjoying the morning. It's nice. Are you feeling all right? I'm okay. I. <sighs> you just oh. told me you're enjoying the morning. Okay, okay. You caught me. <laughs> Fine. Okay, I need to talk to you about something. Like, really, right now. All right, well, I'm here, so talk. Could you get Atlas too? Without being suspicious about it. Ask him for help with something. Go upstairs and ask him. Tell him you need help with, um, I don't know. Waking you up. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> People will believe that. All right. So, yeah, Cassandra's going to go up and come over to a, you know, poor Atlas enjoying his delicious cup of coffee and beg his help in awakening the sleeping heiress. But, like, wink, really, <laughs> really obviously. <laughs> I see you give that wink, and I uh, I wink back, and I turn to Garrett, and I'm like, hey, can I get another cup of coffee? <laughs> I, Travis, is looking at this exchange, and I'm like, that's disgusting. She's his student. What the hell is happening right now? <laughs> Garrett, uh, Garrett just sort of pours another mug, and he, uh... He says, just, um, I, I don't mean to rush everyone, but uh, the sooner we can get a move on collecting my effects, the better for everyone. And then he uh, he pours another mug of coffee and then you see he hesitates and he has to come to a very important decision in his heart. And then he also grabs some sugar for you to take down. <laughs> <laughs> I pass my hand and I go, no, no, I'm pretty sure Gwen takes her coffee black. There's a visible sign of relief on his face. And he goes, oh, yes. All right. Cool. Yes. Good. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Good. All right. Good. And then he just sips his coffee. I go bring the the other coffee to, to Gwen. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. When they walk away, when Atlas walks away with a cup and Cassandra, who is not sneaky at all, <laughs> leaves, I want Suri to go, did anyone else just see that? That's not normal, right? <laughs> oh, no. But she doesn't do anything. She just gives it a minute. She's like... But everyone ignores her, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Captain, I... If it's what I think it is, it is it is just none of our business. It is absolutely none of our business. Nor do I want to get involved. All right. And, and Suri takes a moment and then she goes, Oh. 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 Oh, no. <laughs> she, goes, she goes to Garrett and goes, I, I need another cup. <laughs> and Garrett is not really keeping track of the social ballet around him right now so he just pours you another cup and uh, he looks at you to see if you take it with sugar no black you have earned a bond of it's <laughs> 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 not a mechanic in this game but you would <laughs> alright so we're gonna cut back to uh, the I, I was gonna say team girl squad but it's team rich kid I think Team privilege, that's what they Basically. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, but yeah, so you all, are, you all are below deck now. Okay, great. So you guys are both there now in front of Gwen. Gwen is sort of doing, not sure where to put her hands. You can tell she's really nervous. So I see that she can't, doesn't know what to do with her hands. And I hand her a cup of coffee. <laughs> I just say, hold this. I say thank you. You can tell it's shaking a little bit. Um, she's doing her best to not let it spill. And she says, Okay, I really need to tell you something. 
And you have to trust me that I have no idea why it's happening. I have no idea what the consequences will be, but I need someone to know I can't keep it to myself anymore. So I've been getting visited in my dreams by a figure, someone I do not know, and it started happening after the incident with the man who put this on the back of my neck. The, the person who's been visiting me says that they have plans for me. I don't know what those plans are, but they said that they need me and that there's a bigger threat. And I don't know what that big threat is. And I'm very scared. And I don't want to tell the rest of the crew because I'm afraid that they're going to think that I'm working with them or that I know who they are. And I promise I don't. I don't know what's happening. I'm so scared. Do you know who could possibly be doing this to me? Do you know what color their eyes were? It's hazy in my memory. I, maybe they were purple? I'm not sure. It's him. It's definitely the man who marked you. I think it is. And I don't know how they're contacting me when I sleep. At first, I thought it was just a bad dream, but it kept happening. It happens randomly. I don't know when it's going to come. I don't know what nights it's not going to come, but it comes. But only when you're asleep, right? Only when I'm asleep. I have not had any sort of vision or conversation if I'm awake, but I don't, I don't know if that's even possible, but I'm starting to fear that maybe they will soon be able to control me or do something. I don't, it's, it's terrifying. No, they can't control you. That's not how that works. Are you sure? Yes, I think it's similar to my connection with the teacher. But Josh could be with the deceiver. Do you think I'm talking to the deceiver? I don't know. I never talked to him myself, so I don't know. But he can't control you directly if it's the deceiver. But he can lie to you. He can get inside your mind. That's what he does. That's what he does. He deceives he lies to you and makes you think terrible things. Gives you fear instead of illumination. Don't listen to him, Gwen. He'll lie to you. I... We'll find a way to get him out. I don't know. What are their plans for me? What are they trying to do with me? Why do they need me? I don't understand. I don't understand why he didn't just kill me. Why is he keeping me alive? Why is he visiting me? It doesn't make any sense. Atlas, I know that back when I was little, you used to teach me about Leviathan. Do you think there's any way Leviathan could return? Well, uh, it's possible. Um, see, there are no surviving artifacts from the Leviathan War, so the only thing that we could really go on is if we were able to find the garden, or if we could find the Blighted Grove, the place where this final... Uh, where this final ritual took place. I think that would be the only source of anything that could be left of the Leviathan. Do you know where that is? Or have any idea where in the world it could be? Atlas White picks out like a little black notebook. It's like another, it's like the third black notebook that they have. <laughs> and you can see that they've like, he flips through it real quick 
And you can see that it's just like places and places that are all crossed out in thread pen. <laughs> and he says, ah, it's what I've dedicated my entire work to. I searched everywhere, but at this point, it still seems as uh, shot in the dark as when I started. I had no idea that you were looking for that all these years. I smile. Uh, I go, oh, there's probably a lot that you still don't know about me. I want Suri to come and knock on the door like loud and go, I don't know what's going on in there. Oh no. <laughs> but I need everyone on deck immediately <laughs> with your clothes on. Let's go. <laughs> she leaves. This could probably be an email. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely could have been an email. So <laughs> Cassandra is just going to yell, give us a moment. Um, which probably does not help. Um, <laughs> but, and then just grabs Gwen by the forearms, like, and just looks, like, very intently into her eyes and just says, Who asked you about the Leviathan? Was it this man with the violet eyes? Um, I, I don't remember. Well, he's only coming to you in dreams, which... It's probably a good thing, because if he was the deceiver, I would assume that he would contact you the same way the teacher talks to me. And the teacher speaks to me, no matter if I'm awake or asleep. So as long as he doesn't try and contact you when you're awake, and as long as you can see him and not just sense him, I don't know what it is. And I don't know that it's safe, but it's probably not the deceiver. At least let's hope not, but be careful. Don't let him sway you. Do you think I should tell everyone else? I'm I'm afraid. I don't know them as well. I don't know what they're going to think. I don't know if they're going to make me leave. No, don't tell them. We can't let them know about this. <laughs> they can barely handle me. I don't know what they would do with two of us. I turn to Gwen and I say, Gwen... This is your choice. If you don't want me to tell anyone, I won't tell anyone. But I do know that secrets tend to bubble and boil and cause more trouble than they're worth. So I think if you really do trust this motley crew and I put my hand on her shoulder and I say, and believe me, I understand that might be a tall ask. But I think that it might be better if there are no secrets in the party. And then Suri yells again, we're burning daylight! <laughs> and, um, and I yell up, yeah, let me just finish my cigarette first. <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 Travis is running, oh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so Gwen just got two very different opinions, so instead of responding to either side or agreeing with anybody or disagreeing with anyone. She decides to avoid it altogether for the moment and says, we should probably get back upstairs before they start to make up other stories about us. I can't even imagine what they're saying at this point. So let me just think about this myself. And for now, just don't tell anyone, okay? All right. Whatever you decide, may the teacher guide you. And as we are walking back up to see everyone, Gwen is thinking about how she had just got advice from two people she trusts a lot. And it was basically opposite. <laughs> and she's also thinking about if she's going to listen to Cassandra or the man with the with the violet eyes. 
when he asks her to do things. And she's feeling a little guilty that she didn't tell Cassandra that he was the one that asked about Leviathan. Cassandra is also feeling a little bit guilty because she technically is telling Gwen to deceive the rest of the party. Mm. Which is entirely antithetical to your religion. Yeah. (laughs) Must be high stakes then. (laughs) Well, when they finally get up the stairs, Suri just gives him a look like, like you done? We're, we're good. Well, I hope you're happy with yourselves. (laughs) And I hope you've cleaned up because I don't know how I'm going to live with this. Okay. And I'm like, oh, Travis, come on. Like, you haven't brought some uh, sailors up here sometime. Listen, they're, but they're like children, man. This is weird. <laughs> this is super weird. Gwen just rolls her eyes. Suri bangs the deck and goes, listen, we need to focus. This is a lot, I understand. <laughs> but we have a wagon that has disappeared, correct? So, here's what you have to do. I just, I just forgot Megan's character's name. <laughs> Luna. Luna! Luna! Do you see anything? Do you know where they're headed? Because I'm assuming she's still up in the crow's nest having a grand old time. (laughs) Yeah, she's having a great time. And I'm like, pass me the (laughs) spyglass. And before you realize what's going on, Lily, you look over and Lily has tapped you on the shoulder and she has the spyglass, which she pickpocketed from Surrey. And and she's just like, here. (laughs) Nice. Take it and look out and, uh, I don't know, do I need to make a check or anything if I can see? Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say you see it, but I am going to have you make a knowledge adventuring check to see if you can find, like, the best path while you're up there. So knowledge adventuring versus one purple, one black. You're good at this, and it's just you're not familiar with the environment. And just to clarify about the environment, it's fairly woodsy at this point. It and is so very there's not woodsy. many mm-hmm. places to land a ship. Yeah, that's why we're not taking the ship to follow. And also, an airship is very loud and obvious. And if you're trying to sneak up on a group, perhaps yeah. not the best tool to use. So I rolled a... Um... Uh, is that a failure and in, in two successes? Failure and two advantage. I'm sorry, advantage, yes, duh, words. Yeah, so you rolled a failure and two advantage. So you do see some ruins. You do see like a wrecked, abandoned town that was abandoned in a hurry after the sea level started rising. And it's not too far off. It's maybe like a couple, couple hours walk, really. And I'm going to say... You don't find a faster way to get there, but you do recognize that if you come in from the west, so uh, it's north of you, but if you come, if you go north and then try to come in from the west, there is an overpass that will allow you to sneak in without being detected. Okay. I relay all of that very effectively. And then I hand the spyglass back to Lily. (laughs) And Lily takes it solemnly. Like this is like, this is her job. Yeah. And then she takes it. You like glance away. And then when you glance back, she's gone. (laughs) And then uh, she's like next to Suri and she's handing you the spyglass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's to be one of those moments like in, um, what was it? Parks and Rec when she sees that and it's like, huh, or the office. (laughs) (laughs) Suri's like, oh. And Garrett looks at Lily and he's just like, Lily, 
we discussed this, and she kind of like rolls her eyes at him, and she kind of like goes over and is just like, Bleh. can't do my cool anime superpowers, my dad's so lame, these are my cool new friends. I give her like a nice like thumbs up, like yeah, good job. She appreciates it. <laughs> Cassandra's just still over here attempting to understand what everyone was insinuating earlier. <laughs> <laughs> still plagued. Oh, God. I lo- Cassandra has the heart of a saint and the life experience of a toddler, and mm. I love her. <laughs> so I guess Suri takes kind of charge and is like, all right, we have our heading. Time to move out. Pack your weapons, pack your things. We have to go. Uh, and before she does, she takes the spyglass that Lily gave her uh, back, that's hers, and runs back over to Lily and goes, you're in charge when I'm gone. Take care of my ship. And her eyes get as wide as saucers. And she's like, oh my God. As do mine. <laughs> yeah. no. and I, I look at Travis. I look at Travis like, don't, don't say a word. Just give her this. Just give. <laughs> Garrett. Garrett puts a hand on her shoulder and uh, looks down at her and is just like, "This is a big responsibility, Lily." And then he looks. He makes eye contact with you, Travis, and an exchange is somewhere. Is just like, "Don't worry. It's gonna be fine. Like I'm gonna. It's gonna be fine." Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> You guys are going to leave with your standard kit. I did want to go over this earlier, but um, I wanted everybody... I'm not terribly fond of tracking the minutia of tiny items in games. And that was one thing I actually really, really liked about Fabula Ultima was how it handled item points and stuff. So I am going to say everybody leaving the ship, you have basically a ship's kit. And the most important thing to know in the ship's kit is that each of you have two health potions with you. Health potions for our purposes are going to follow the painkiller rules for Genesis. And uh, for you guys, that'll be on your cheat sheets. But basically it's saying the first time you take a health potion, you recover five wounds. The next time it's four wounds and then three and then two and then one because your body is getting acclimated to in in the rule set the painkillers in our purpose is the alchemical mixture so not only is it becoming less effective but also uh you may end up getting poisoned uh if you have too much of the potion because the body can only take so much magical gunk in it so yeah that's the most important thing but other than that you have like a water skin and you have a rope and you have you know just general adventuring things cassandra made everyone a cheese sandwich just for the road. We're probably going to be out all day, so. Cheese sandwich. Aw. That's actually kind of nice. Precious. She somehow burned them. No one knows how it happened. <laughs> she doesn't have much cooking experience. Uh, they're not even grilled. It's not even meant to be a grilled cheese sandwich. It's just bread and cheese and they're burned. Yeah. Like toasting? It's a thing she's. I love it. Okay, does anyone want to have any dialogue or scenes on our way to the uh, camp? I was just going to say before we leave the ship, um, I'm going to head to the the engine room to gather my special equipment aside from my kit, Mm. uh, which is I'm like, okay, I'm like, I finally, all right, I'm finally getting a chance to actually prepare myself (laughs) for an encounter. (laughs) And I'm very excited about this. So I like, lay out all my like wrenches tools and stuff and i obviously pack that up but um i i am going to build my 
my Magitek rifle, which is like my my specialty weapon that I use. So I'm going to take some time and I and I sort of just piece together this like, you know, the the, the barrel of this gun. I, I put the stock and I get everything tight, all these bolts tightened. And I want to spend it says for Magitek, I can spend a maneuver and two strain to add an item quality like to it. Yeah, so in in Fabula Ultima, you were able to spend a maneuver to basically change the type of bullets that the gun was firing because it fires magic bullets. But that's on the fly, right? So as of right now, I get to just sort of pick. Yes. So as of right now, you can choose what you want to have in your gun. Yes. Cool. So I'm going to equip... Uh, it's okay. It says add either the burning and snared or auto item quality to reflect fire, ice, or lightning rounds. Yes. So it, are, is burning and snared or auto different than fire, ice, or lightning? So that is for each individually. Burning is you have the potential to set them on fire. Ensnare is you have a chance to like freeze them solid. And auto is when you hit them, they get zapped over and over again. I see. Okay. So I am going to add the ensnared ice kind of quality to it since we might we were we, we still don't really know who we're dealing with and i if we have a chance to sort of capture them we can interrogate them get more information out of them. okay i like uh, sort of hold it uh, some gaia site over and it sort of magnetically zips into a slot and it charges pew, kind of like a like a bluish hue yeah and then i put on my workshop handy workshop backpack a an avon's uh contraption and the <laughs> rifle uh mag oh, same way that the crystal went in the slot magnetically bolts to the side of the backpack and i'm like all right i'm ready to go uh, magnets how do they work i dude i don't know <laughs> they uh, must be magic they are <laughs> clearly yeah. they could only ever exist in this incredible magic based set. yes exactly <laughs> all right did anyone have any scenes they wanted to uh do before we arrived at the base of operations for the bandits uh i just like as we're walking around i want to like take note of some of the local fruit and fauna what what kind of what kind of wildlife are we around Go ahead and please make a... I think this would be a knowledge geography check, maybe? Knowledge geography? And uh, should I roll against anything? Yeah, two perps, please. I rolled one success and four advantage. Yeah, so you, you the area is pretty standard for the area, and it's still very well populated with animals. There's some wild elk running around. There's squirrels, you know. There's some running water. That you guys cross over on your way to find the um, bandit camp and you see there's some marks of some beavers. Pretty standard for the area. And if you need to, you also found a couple of good hollows that you could hide in that would be able to fit everybody if you needed to beat a hasty retreat. What color are the squirrels? Gray, brown, and black. Yes. It's, it's a whole menagerie of squirrels. Yeah, yeah I pointed out to the team... I'm like, hey, look out. If we ever need to um, fall back, this is uh, probably a good place to to try to regroup and remember. But then I like nudge Gwen. I'll go. But if it's anything like that uh, plant de uh, plant guy yesterday, I think that we're going to be uh, pretty well armed. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> yeah, you can count on that. <laughs> Cassandra has been stewing just this entire walk, like very distractedly thinking about her life choices up to this point. And is this the deceiver like pulling her towards him at, or them rather? And is this, you know, would she have made better decisions if she had stayed and had the guidance of 
the the professors and blah blah blah, and so it's just generally sort of not paying attention to what's going on. Yeah, so Atlas can see that Cassandra that Cassandra's wigging. <laughs> and so they're gonna like fall back with Cassandra and uh he's gonna say like Cassandra, are you okay? What oh uh yeah. I'm well I'm not sure if he made the right decision by talking to Gwen about that. I might be I maybe I maybe I might be being taken over by the deceiver, I'm not sure. But if I tell Gwen to lie, that's deceiving, and that's that's got to be the work of the deceiver. So if I'm under the control of the deceiver, maybe I'm the one under the control of the deceiver. And that that does that mean that I've got that severing my connection slowly? And I and I say, well, so, okay, calm down, please. Um, it's it's okay. You told Gwen what you thought was best, and in this case, yes, it might have been to lie, but it was done to protect her and protect everyone else and. You, of all people, know how powerful and terrible the Deceiver must be, so I understand how that is, but just like lying, you know, it causes a weight on us. So that guilt is something that you just have to hold unless you're ready to tell that secret and let go of it all. Do you think I made the right decision by leaving Illuminaria? Do you? I thought so. But I'm not so sure anymore. Maybe they were all right when they said I wasn't ready to make these types of decisions for myself. Well, whether or not you're ready isn't the point. Because no one's ever ready. That's what I always tell Gwen. So I'm really proud that she's here because she's proving everyone right that everyone wrong that she is ready doing her own thing, setting her own mark, setting her own trail. And to be honest with you, I'm very proud of you being here because you're doing the exact same thing. But I'm not like Gwen. I've never been strong and independent and big-headed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Atlas definitely uh, laughs at that. And uh, he says, well, we all got to start somewhere, don't we? I suppose I started a few weeks back. Guess I'll just have to keep continuing on. Thanks, Atlas. Anytime. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> if I could, I would give you both fabula points. <laughs> this is not that game. <laughs> I don't have a guy. Ah, I don't have an equivalent of that. I mean, you could give us like a light side point. No, I can't. That's not how this works anymore. But you, could. you get a Chris point. You get a crisp point. We can redeem them at the end for for smiles. <laughs> you can cash them in, and I will send you chocolates. <laughs> I'll send you chocolate. I'll send you one flower for each crisp point. <laughs> oh, what have I gotten myself into? Okay, so unless anyone else has another scene they want to do, we're going to cut to y'all arriving at the bandit camp. Okay, so you finally manage to make your way to the clearing that Luna was able to point out to you guys. And you get a nice view of the ruined town. Basically, you guys are on like a small cliff that is overlooking the town, so to speak. And it was a basic place from what you can tell. It looked like their main export was like lumber. So it was just a logging town, you know, nothing too fancy. But the bandits have definitely taken it over. And you see there is a small army 
maybe around 100, 150 folks from what you can see just milling around. But the biggest thing you see is you see that there is a small, I don't want to say small, they've basically turned the town hall and surrounding area into a place for them to store their combat golems. And so on top of these, give or take 100, 150 people milling around, there's also maybe like 100 and 150 golems as well. So this is a big, big, big encampment. And you can see that the wagon has been pulled aside to around, basically as far away from your current position as possible, but directly in front of you. And the area is still surrounded by trees. There's one road going into it, and it continues going through basically from north to south. It kind of cuts the road and the town in half. And uh, from east to west, almost down the center, there is the river that you guys had passed earlier. And the river, like, turns some of the wheels and stuff to normally make sure all the lumber stuff is working. But, yeah, you see the wagon. It's far away. You're up here. So we're on an actual vantage point. Mm -hmm. Like, where we can overlook everything. Mm Mm-hmm. So last time, uh, last session, uh, we weren't able to determine who the group was, right? Uh, no, you were. They were the Blood Krakens. The Blood Krakens, right. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is um, I sort of just like take the rifle off my bag and I flip a little knob or there's like a little lever switch that I pop um, and it then out of the top, it's like folds out a little scope and then, then I just give it a little flap on the side and it snaps into place i love it and then i'm just i'm gonna take a look down the 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 scope and i'm just sort of gonna use it as binoculars to kind of overlook the the golems and i i say uh loudly but mainly to myself i'm like that's a lot of clockwork they're moving what kind of job are these guys doing like you know what i mean and i'm, I'm just trying to like piece it all together to myself and uh, i i guess i'm gonna look and see uh if, I don't know, like, I'm just, I guess, yeah, there's nothing really else I could do because I'm just trying to figure out why they're there. I mean, you can make a perception check. Yeah, let me make a perception. That's something I can do. <laughs> you okay. can do that. You have that power, Tyler. Wow, look at that. Yeah. What are you specifically looking for? I I mean, I guess, um, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, what these guys are doing here um if they're like why these guys are specifically in this area kind of like almost like an army like recon sort of ops of like if is there is there anyone that they're dealing with yeah you're so you're trying to see if there's like anyone in charge like kind of around like what they're kind of exactly yeah okay okay you're on a vantage point and you have a scope to look through i'm gonna say make a perception check versus three purples but at a blue die I rolled um, one X and three air up arrows. <laughs> I'm still learning. <laughs> one failure, three advantage. You're not able really to see if there's anyone like in charge, so to speak. But you do see there's one guy who's consistently moving around and working on the golems. And he looks to be in pretty bad shape. He's tall. He's maybe six foot four, six foot five. He's pretty tall. But anytime anyone kind of like moves by him, you see flinches away from them. And you can see like his face is not great. He's got a black eye. He's got a split lip. Uh, Something is going on. And you kind of get the feeling that 
you know, you don't know what his role is, but you kind of get the feeling that he's working on these machines under duress. Oh, he's definitely a gear man, you know, that, that they that they're using oh, yeah. for whatever they're trying to do. Yeah. I'm just trying to I'm just so confused as to why there's so many people in this little lumber town, mm. you know, and what, what they why they wanted all this the, the equipment in the cart. Yeah. While Travis is doing that, scoping everything out and trying to kind of figure it out. I think Suri's trying to think of a plan and so she like gently beckons everyone into a little huddle and is like, I need your opinions, obviously, but should we cause a distraction? Half of us cause a distraction, the other half get the wagon. There were the hollows that we could take them out of the encampment. We hide, draw them away while the others go get the wagon. Or is that a very bad idea? Let me know what you're thinking, because I don't want to make us do anything that could cause any harm. Well, there's a lot of them. Even if we cause a distraction, there's no way we're going to cause a distraction that's going to get like over 100 people to just leave this entire place, you know? As I'm still scoping, um, are, th- are there any other villagers like in this town aside from the Krakens? The entire village is abandoned. The only people aside who Aside from that gearman. Aside from that one gearman, everybody else is abandoned, and it's just the blood Krakens. Travis, do you think you could hack some of the golems? Make him go a bit haywire. Oh, uh, well, uh, let's see. And I sort of um, I sort of take out like my little Gaia site tablet and I'm just sort of like I'm poking some buttons and I hold it up in the air and it's, I'm sort of trying to get a signal read to see if it's like pinging off of any of the golems. Mm. And would I be within range to perform an action like that? You would not be within range to do it because it's not strong enough. However, if you got close enough, and especially if you were maybe able to talk to that gearhead, maybe look at some of his notes, maybe look at something that was going on. If you got a little information, you could absolutely attempt a mass hack. That is absolutely something you can do. You just would need to get a little closer to do it. Is he clearly like a, a hostage? He is not wearing any kind of memorabilia or bandit thing at all, and he is very clearly been abused. Okay, so clearly be a hostage. Okay, cool. Does he have, like, guards surrounding his workstation? No, that's the thing. He doesn't have guards surrounding him. Nothing like that is going on, but it is very clear, like, any time anyone walks by him, he's, like, flinching away, he's keeping his head down, he's trying to work. I say we have a talk with our little friend there, and I point at him. I say... Maybe we can get him away from everyone else, make it known that we are friends and could help him. He might give us some information. So we need to draw his attention and only his attention. That's right. That or we sneak in, grab him, scare him for a little bit before making it clear that we're not going to hurt him. Man, it's a good thing that you have a trained informant and someone who's good at inserting themselves into dangerous situations and extracting things and people. That's me. I was literally just about to say, Luna? (laughs) 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 So what's the exact sort of plan that we want to roll out with here? I look at everyone and I'm like, I'm very impressed. First of all, just want to say... I I like the I like your thinking. We could have used uh, more ideas like this before. <laughs> Suri runs in. I like it. I could get in range to hack these robots, and I think it's important that we do talk to that gearman because he would give us information. The problem is getting past the hundred fifty guards that are in here, right? Or uh, krakens. So um, yeah, Luna. Like I guess you take the reins. Do you 
think you could get some of their clothes and maybe sneak in? I could sure try. <laughs> how many of us are, I mean, I don't think I could get enough for us all to go in. So how many do we want to procure? If I may offer a voice of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Divine intervention? The speaker? A bit of a... T- <laughs> this is the teacher. <laughs> um, no, Travis is the one who needs to talk to the guy. So there's not really a need for all of you to go down there. It would just really need for Luna to get right. Travis down there is really what needs to happen. Or Luna needs to go down there and bring that guy up here. I was about to say, real quick, would I be able to use <clears throat> would I be able to use a utility rune to change some rags into some uh, bandit clothing? I hadn't really considered that before. (laughs) (laughs) Explain to me how you think that magic would work. You're trying to cast an illusion spell? I would just, simple stuff, you know, take like um, some rags and like like his coat and stuff. And uh, with the black sand, draw a couple runes just to change the color, the texture, the material. So it looks like it would fit in with uh, what the bandits are wearing. So here's here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. You can try to use your black sand to make it look like... Because here's the thing. There is a spell called Mask, which, for the record, is a spell Luna knows. But it's basically an illusion magic. You can try to make yourself mm-hmm. look like something else or something not there. Loki, that's how Zelda Blind has been able to hide from you. She's really good at the Mask spell. Spoilers. Hot damn. Yeah, you're going to find out. Don't worry, I'll act surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Luna can basically make herself invisible and try to go in if she wants to. For Travis, what I can say is you can make, I'll say with your rune magic, you can make something that kind of maybe vaguely looks like the Blood Kraken logo. So, so long as no one pays too close attention to Travis, he should be fine. Mm-hmm. You can do that, sure. Let's do that plan. Let's do, okay, let's go with it. Let's do it. All right. We'll get in there and, and talk to the, the guy and then. Wait, did any of you hear that mysterious voice that just spoke to us all and gave us this plan? I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> I think it was in your head. <laughs> I work in mysterious ways, Travis. <laughs> uh, so should My I child. roll? <laughs> okay, cool. Should I roll for that? No, this is a simple thing. I'm not going to say, I'm, I'm going to say, here's the thing. Take two strain, but it works. Cool. Okay, so Megan, you're going to try and roll for mask, yes? Sure. All right, so Luna, you rolled a success. Yes, so I am masked. You are, you are successfully shrouded in illusion. When people look at you, you just kind of look like a heat haze as you're moving through the area. And Travis, you are dressed like you, but you have what kind of sort of looks like a blood cracking thing that if anyone looks too closely at, they're like, wait a minute, that's not right. But yeah, so Megan, please make a stealth check and add uh, two blues because you're very sneaky. I am very sneaky. So paint it for me, right? She casts a spell on my outfit. I have the logo, right? He does. So Atlas casts the spell on you. Right. Atlas casts a spell, right? Mm -hmm. And we are, me and Luna are currently walking Towards or in the camp mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So, Megan, you're going to roll stealth and add two blues, and that difficulty is going to be three purples. Travis, you are going to roll cool. Great. And that is going to be against three purples. Oh my god, how many advantages is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven? Wow. (laughs) But two failures. I don't know what just happened there. I don't even really know how to interpret that. Hmm. So. Oh, Travis. (laughs) Yeah, that's not good. We're not doing so hot. That's not good, Chief. Is there a rule about, like, a certain number of advantages translating into something else? A triumph. Uh, I think it's four. Is it advantages or is it successes? It's advantages. Oh, okay. So So advantages can turn into a triumph. You can cash in a certain amount. So can I have a triumph then? Yeah, you can you can cash it into a triumph. Let's do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, Luna, you're so good at stealth. You rolled that seven. You're fine. <laughs> oh, you're fine. So sneaky. I rolled I rolled three threat, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did Uh-oh. that, buddy. You Uh-oh. sure did. <laughs> Boy, howdy. It sure would be weird if we had any mechanic that you could spend in order to maybe re-roll a roll. That starts with a story and ends with a point. <laughs> wait, wait. I thought that was like a turn of fate kind of thing. Yeah. Wait, okay. But I can, so I can. Mechanically, I'm going to say you can roll again. Okay, great. This one's on me. <laughs> the teacher. Thanks, chief. <laughs> Two threat. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Two threat. Oh my God. I guess it's not three. <laughs> We're going to die. <laughs> Uh, so here's what I'm going to say. We got five um, more light side points. Let's so, do this. So here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> someone notices Travis. Uh, someone And someone's just like, oh, wait a minute. But Luna, you notice that people are noticing Travis? <laughs> and so what you successfully do is basically you rolled so many advantages. I'm just going to say that even though Travis, you basically like, are known, but Luna, you successfully like drag him into the golem tent. And so like you you drag him out of sight. So like the camp's basically on yellow alert now, but no one the clock was filled two degrees, so to speak. But y'all are no one is like rushing at you with a gun or anything. Okay. So we're good. <laughs> we saved the city. <laughs> I'm sweating profusely, and I'm like, <laughs> I probably could have talked my way out of that okay. one, but all right, God, yeah, jeez, <laughs> magic, huh? So unreliable. <laughs> Looking at Luna, invisible, and her yeah. her invisibility <laughs> never faltered. Good work, team. <laughs> so you you see him, and uh, he you kind of you kind of approach him. He's in worse shape than you thought. As you approach him, I'm going to have you both make a stealth check again. Luna, again, add those uh, two blue. Oh, and uh, deduct that two strain because you cast the spell. But uh, yeah, both of you make a stealth check. Luna, you get two blue. Travis, you get one blue because Luna is positioning her body in front of you. So like the haziness hazes in front of you. Great. She's literally my invisibility cloak. Yeah. <laughs> What's the what, what was the purple? The difficulty is going to be two perps. Okay, I rolled one threat. Luna, your advantage cancels out Travis's threat. Travis! <laughs> We're really cheesing this one, huh? I'm really cheesing this, guys. I'm going to be completely honest. I just really want this scene to keep going. 
Sorry, everyone at home. We're really hoping for us to fail. You don't want us all to perish because of Travis? I mean, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the the guy is, uh, he's working on a machine. And um, then the bandit leader, who Suri had threatened with a gun, and also threats, um... (laughs) (laughs) He comes in and the guy sort of flashes away, like flinches away from him. And he says, um, I understand you wanted to speak with me. And uh, the guy sort of like nods and he's avoiding eye contact. And he said, you said that we weren't going to use the golems to hurt anyone. We were just going to use them to scare people. The bandit leader shrugs and he just goes, they were scared. You could see it in their eyes just before they died. Was there anything else you needed? He kind of says, you said that I wouldn't have to hurt anybody. You said I I just had to keep them running. The bandit leader blinks at me and said, you didn't hurt anybody. You kept them running and then I used them to hurt people. I'm not sure if you're too stupid to understand that, but that was the sequence of events. Now, if you don't have anything else relevant for me to say, I'm going to leave or I'm going to start breaking your fingers. And when you're not able to work on machines, you're not really worth keeping alive. And the the tall guy just kind of lowers his head and he doesn't say anything. The bandit leader spits on his feet and then leaves. At least pleasant. So So now we're alone in the tent. It's yeah, it's the two of you and uh, the big guy who's the mechanic. All right. I uh, I guess I'm going to like check just cautiously and like I'm just going to approach him like cautiously, <laughs> clearly not in a hostile way. <laughs> and I'm just going to say a hey, gearman. He was not aware that you were there at all. And this really spooks him because he's been hyper vigilant. I'm actually going to spend a dark side point. Wait, I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. Can I maintain the mask because I think it would be funny and maybe effective if Travis like <laughs> like I don't know just like pretends he has more sway than he does and it's just like me like invisible like either blocking this guy's like attacks if he swings at us <laughs> or like smacking his kneecaps. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say spend another two strain, but yeah, absolutely. Absolutely you can do that. Oh yeah, okay, okay. I'll do that. But I am going to spend a dark side point and this dude freaks out when he sees you and he drops a wrench and it makes a big old clatter. Ooh, okay. Can I catch the wrench? Make an athletics check. <laughs> okay. Well, Luna, you really get get us out of shit. Well, now you haven't yet. But... <laughs> well, we'll see, yeah. I mean, in the mansion, she most certainly did. <laughs> I got three advantage and in, in a failure. Hmm... I got good news and I got bad news. <laughs> okay. So the good news is you do like prevent it from making too much noise. So now it just sounds like, yeah, just like general, like, oh, tomfoolery. I dropped my <laughs> wrench instead of like a, oh my God sort of thing. However, he now knows that you are here. Or he thinks Travis is super magical. <laughs> <laughs> I start waving my arms frantically. (laughs) (laughs) He looks at you and his eyes are, he's completely silent and his eyes are huge looking at you. I sort of have my hands up (laughs) and I I just, I'm like, listen, I'm not going to hurt you. We're not who you think we are. And we're trying to figure out what's going on here. 
I look around and I go, nice handiwork you got here. I got to say, I go to inspect one of the golems and I'm like, so what's going on exactly? He doesn't say anything. He's still pretty freaking spooked. I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you to make a social check to try and uh, get something out of him. If you want to try and like pacify him and be like, hey man, we're on your side, go ahead and make a charm check for me. If you want to try and be like, look, I don't have time for your bullshit. You need to talk to me. That's going to be a coercion check. (laughs) I'm going to go up to one of the, I assume there's a lot of golems in here. Oh my God, so many. I'm going to go up to one of the golems and I'm going to say, you put the schminglebach in the fizzy and I'm going to (laughs) go... That's some great work. <laughs> I'm going to see if that calms him down a little bit. <laughs> Roll charm. <laughs> Damn. You know what? I'm going to say, how many ranks How many ranks in mechanics do you have? Two. Two? Add two blue dice because you're using uh, mechanics to enhance your charm. Yeah. <laughs> and what's my uh, disadvantage? Uh, he's spooked. He's normally... Two purples and one black. Oh boy, that is uh, three successes and three advantage. You said you put the schmingle bottom into the frizzy? Is that in what the you fizzies. Said? In the fizzies. And he says, um, the fizzies kept overloading and it was either that or constantly replaced the, 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 the dingle hopper. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm like, you're a genius. This is great. Like, I, no wonder they're using you for this robot army or whatever. <laughs> you see, he looks kind of angry. And uh, he says, they were supposed to help with the lumber. Now they hurt people. The Krakens, when did they arrive? He shrugged and he said a few months ago. Months? What have they been doing here? They kicked us out before the tides. We couldn't fight them. Now they use it as a base. Not sure what the plans are. No one tells me anything interesting well you're in good hands now don't worry um i don't know fucking what to do i'm so flustered Um, turn off the the golems yeah wasn't that the plan i thought the plan was to hack the golems okay well we should do something with the golems (laughs) definitely hack them i think hacking i'm gonna say listen we're gonna get you out of here and we need your help. You know the ins and out of, outs of these golems. So I need you to help me take have uh, take them over so we can hurt the people that hurt you. You follow? And uh, his eyes, you see there's a rage, like after being treated for so badly, but there's also a lot of fear. And uh, he, he nods and he says, did you come here just to g- get them? No, we came here for something else, but... We can definitely make things right for you in the process. And uh, he thinks about that for a second and he says, what did you come for? There's a wagon that just came into town. It's full of valuable things to me and my companions. We need that wagon. Just so happens you're in the right place at the right time while we're here. He thinks about that and he says, "Um, I could try and have them move the wagon on to a boat through the river solve the problem and then you take out the leader for me 
Okay. Okay. Can I can I do a some kind of check just because I'm super skeptical of making deals with people I don't know to see if he's sort of trying to fuck me or not? <laughs> roll for fuck check is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Roll for fuck. <laughs> That's definitely what you thought Cassandra, Gwen, and Atlas were up to, is they were definitely rolling for fuck. Yeah, exactly. Hang on, let me see what kind of check I think that would be. Perception. Uh, roll against one purple. Okay, that's... Uh, this dude's completely on the level. I pat him on the shoulder, I'm like, that's a good plan. Thank you. And I just sort of try to do my best to reassure him. And I'm like, we're going to take care of this problem and we're going to get you out. Okay. I look at Luna. I try to find Luna. Can I see Luna? (laughs) No, you cannot see Luna. Luna's too good. Invisible. (laughs) No. (laughs) And I'm holding him while like, uh, I'm I'm, uh, before I talk to Luna, I'm just going to be like, don't panic. Okay. And I say, (laughs) Luna, do you have all that information? Yes, I say very loudly in his ear. <laughs> and, and he's like, Jesus! He just like falls back like on his ass. Nice. Oh, red alert, now the camp is not. <laughs> okay, I send him on his way, I guess. I go, get started, and I'll get started on this. Do we want to send Luna back so the rest of the team knows the plan? Yeah, that's definitely the move. Luna, make a stealth check. It's going to be against three purples, but add an additional blue because you've been here through here once before. So now you know what's going on. But take another two strain because you're still using the invisibility spell and it's starting to take its toll. Wait, so how many blues? Three? Add three blues to your roll. Yes. And then two purples. Three purples. Three Three purples. Got it. Dang it. Uh, Four advantages. One. No, sorry. Five advantages. One failure. Can't she turn one of the four advantages into Into a triumph and that would cancel out the failure and it would still be one advantage the whole thing's about to blow up anyways here's what i'm gonna say yeah (laughs) everybody is definitely on yellow alert which is gonna make things for travis and the hostage harder because they are still in the camp but you successfully get out okay So, so you successfully make it back to the camp do you sneak up on them still invisible and then like appear in front of them uh, I think that would be amazing, but uh, <laughs> I've already played the joke once, so can't do it again. Yeah, but not with people who aren't me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's okay. So you you just appear, kind of yeah, kind of appear and be like, just kind of relay the situation in a way that's going to be way more eloquent than words are coming to me right now. But um, <laughs> but then she's also like, uh, we had a bit of trouble getting into the camp, <clears throat> Travis. <laughs> So they're a bit on high alert right now. If we go in to, you know, take this guy out, we need to be careful. Otherwise, it's going to become a total absolute mess. No wonder you guys took forever. Yeah. We were wondering what was going wrong. Gwen's like literally just laying in the grass. (laughs) The squirrel's like laying on her and she's like eating, roasting the acorns, feeding the squirrels with her fire gauntlet. Sorry, she's pacing. (laughs) Okay, so what's the plan? The world's most dangerous Disney princess. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, what's the plan, Captain? We have to wait for Travis, correct, to do something? They're going to turn the golems on, and the golems are going to attack the bandits. And then while the bandits are being attacked, the golems are going to take the wagon, and they're going to put it on a boat, and send it down the river to where it's where, your guys, where you guys can intercept it, and take care of it. 
And for him to do this, you guys have to kill the bandit leader. Great. That's his price. In the hullabaloo, when everything goes down, Luna, can you grab the leader or get us close enough to the leader to kill him? Gwen and I, I have a feeling, should be the people who do that. (laughs) Gwen just shows her fist. (laughs) (laughs) Are you asking me to, like, sneak you over there or, like, in in the the chaos is that kind of what you're asking yes or sneak him to us whichever is easier for you oh god okay i mean i could play bait i feel like i'm fast you know i'm a little nimble get through the crowd and then bring him into uh, a trap of sorts wherein you two are ready could try that what could go wrong (laughs) (laughs) and i think while this is happening, maybe Atlas and Cassandra could get the ship. The boat. The boat on the river. How does that sound? Sounds good. Mm-hmm. I love a rendezvous. So we've got to get the wagon onto the boat. We don't. The golems do. We have to go intercept the wagon down the river. Oh, okay. The, our, our contact should be good. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think this is a good plan. However... I don't want to split the party into three groups because the party is technically already in two. No, that's fair. So I'm going to I'm gonna metagame at the table here for a second. So I'm going to say that the plan is the golems are going to get it downriver, but they will then hold it and protect it at a spot where you guys had crossed it at the crossing. So then on your way back, you'll be able to take it. You will, however, it is a wagon, uh, so you are either going to need the golems to stay intact so they can continue pulling it, or you are going to need to find some sort of elk in some capacity to uh, pull the wagon as well. So that is just something you need to consider because it is large and heavy. The bandits, they probably have some elk oh, almost certainly. hanging around, right? almost certainly. We have the Disney princess. We'll be fine. <laughs> the Disney princess of destruction. That's Gwen. Yes. <laughs> I love that for her. Okay, great. So we're all decided. Yep. So I take out my little hack pad. That's what I'm going to call it. Pad. <laughs> and my hack pad. And I just sort of punch some digits, get the frequency of the guy site for lack of a better, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yep. And then um, I, I'm just going to like, sort of try to do my best to program them to not attack us. Mm. And uh, then I'm going to hit on. (laughs) All right. I'm going to need you to make a mechanics check for me. But because you have help of the guy who like built these, I want you to upgrade two of your greens to yellows. And I would like you to please roll against two purples and two blacks. So that's five successes, two threats. So I've got good news and bad news. The good news is it worked. The bad news is they don't turn on all at once. So they are, it is going to take a bit. They are going to keep getting up. They are going to keep doing this, but they're not going to be the immediate like sneak attack jumping on that you wanted them to be. So you are going to have to maybe assist them in attacking while... They get the wagon onto the boat. How big are the golems? A little bigger than the average person size. I'd say like maybe six foot, six foot one, somewhere in there. I'm literally going to get on the back of one and going to fire on the people in the camp. 
Okay. <laughs> so now I have to roll initiative for mass combat. Mass combat. Let's go. I was not expecting that. <laughs> but I'm also not mad. <laughs> Just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> You've definitely disappointed Game Papa this evening. I just went. <laughs> oh my God, Sharon almost spit out her drink. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. You okay? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Please never refer to yourself as that again. You want Game Papa? <laughs> I think it's brilliant. <laughs> the GP, dude. Oh my goodness. Oh. All right, everyone. Okay, here's how I want this to go. I'm going to institute a house rule. This is a highly specific circumstance where there's a lot of chaos going on and you guys are not going to be directly like engaging with madness. You guys are trying to take advantage of madness and rush to a point. So here's what I'm going to say. We're going to roll for initiative. I am going to roll for a couple of things that are going to try and upset you, but what I am going to say is all of you are working together towards a common goal. So you guys decide who goes in the first slot and then whoever's turn it is, you decide who goes after you in the appropriate slot. So that way you can chain together tactics easier in this chaos. All right, so that's how we're going to do this. So everyone under special roles, make sure that's dropped down. Go ahead and choose your... Cool against no purples, and then hit roll initiative. Travis, I'm going to say you are going first because you were the one who opened fire. Yeah. As they're turning on, I, I assume that... Are, are they all in this tent, all of the golems, or are they scattered throughout the camp? They're mostly here. They're in this general vicinity. There are no actively working golems wandering around the camp. So the the bulk of them are here, but some of them are spread out. You know, they basically, this is like their, their, the armory, so to speak. They come back here for like repairs and stuff. So the bulk of them are here. There may be like some spread out, but 90% of them are near you. Okay, great. How many of them turned on? At first, I'm going to say like maybe 15, 20 out of like 150. So I'm going to let the first wave kind of go out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm obviously not going to ride out on the first one, but as like it gets sort of to like the middle of all the ones that have turned on, I'm, I'm literally going to hop on sort of the back of one. And in the, I'm just going to take advantage of all the chaos that's because mm -hmm. I'm sure all these guys are caught off guard. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to start picking people off one at one that I, de I deem as the most threat to me at the time. That's pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. That's some like cyberpunk, steampunk, John Wick nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> and I am here for it. So I'm going to say whatever stat it is for your rifle, go ahead and roll that. And I'm going to say roll against two purples and we'll see how many goons you take out. All right. That's one success and three advantage. Okay. So... That means your ice does kick in. So uh, you do successfully manage to like take out like two dudes just like pop pop and it's kind of horrifying the way they die because basically a bullet enters their head that's really close to absolute zero so it enters and then basically as they're dying their head freezes holy shit and they collapse and then while you're doing that you also successfully manage to like tag a couple of guys and like trap them in ice so they can't move. So, Travis, you've successfully 
opened the surprise. You've successfully started the first volley. And I'm hoping that the gunshots alert my party. (laughs) They most certainly do. So who would you like to go now? Who would you want to try and capitalize on this success the best? Okay, so Luna's always the right-hand man that gets me out of sticky situations, and this is certainly one sticky situation. (laughs) No offense to the captain, of course. Uh, We... I agree. <laughs> but uh, Luna, go ahead. Do what you want. Do what I want. Um, okay. So, I mean, our whole goal is to get the leader. Is he anywhere in sight at this point in time? Are you... You're up on the hill with the rest of the crew at this point, right? Yeah, with the squad. No. However, you you do know where his, like, tent is. You want to know how much of a jerk this guy is. His quarters that he made are in the church. So the place where everyone else used to worship, that's this, that's who this guy is. And that's maybe 20, 30 yards away from you. But there is a lot of hustle and bustle and chaos going on. I just want to, I don't know, I want to try and zoom through so, so badly, but I don't know how effective that will be. I mean, there's only one way to find out. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) If things go wrong, they go wrong. Okay, so go ahead and roll. So to clarify, you're just rushing, right? You're trying to use your parkour and like jumping over people and flipping. It's like doing cool shit, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're doing like handsprings and flips. Like off of heads and stuff. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're you're an anime pro tag. It's amazing. Yeah. You're Naruto running on their heads. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I would say roll athletics versus, how hard is this? I'm going to say against three purples, roll athletics. Oh, I did okay. (laughs) Yay. Okay, so here's what happens. I'm going to say you successfully managed to make it to the other side of the street. Oh, uh, 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 before I say anything else, roll a discipline check against nothing, no purples. I'm doing this so that you can recover strain after the magic you've been casting. Oh, thank you. Two advantage. Is that... You have to have three to recover, right? You heal two strain because you got two advantage. Sick. Bad news, you only recover one strain because that's what that threat was. (laughs) Is that it? It took you a bit to get over there, but it was very stressful to do that, so... Okay, so uh, Megan, you've successfully established someone of a foothold on the other side. Who do you want to go after you? Gwen, I want her to punch her way through things, <laughs> I think. Go, Gwen, do your thing. All right, so Gwen is sitting there really wishing she had a gun. <laughs> Seems to be the way. <laughs> the guns aren't really a big thing in her family because, you know, they're pretentious and they're like, no, magic is yeah. is above all else. Gun- guns are cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so she is thinking about using a variation of her ice shards uh, and instead is working with what she's got. As reckless as she is, she's never tried this, but hey, as good a time as any. She's going to take the fistful of acorns that are in her uh, hand. She's going to throw them up in the air, set them all on fire, and try to shoot them at the speed of bullets. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> because I'm back on my anime bullshit. <laughs> I think Suri fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> to verify, you are taking the acorns that you were using to feed squirrels, yes. and you are going to turn yourself into a magical railgun 
light them on fire and propel them at high speeds towards the enemy. Yes, and she's never done this before. So this is a complete improvisation. We'll see if this blows up in her face or not. Tati, (laughs) this is incredible. Thank you for making this choice. This is a very strong choice you're making. Um, I don't know if it's a good choice, but it's a strong choice and I value that. She just really wants a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, uh, God, all right. Um, You're propelling them with... I'm going to classify this under attack. Okay. I'm going to say for this, you have to add... The range has to be medium, and I'm going to say you have to add the deadly quality to it. Mm. hmm So what does that bring out for difficulty? Oh, two successes and two advantages. Ooh! Yes! Uh, Gwen puts the damn in damage. All right, <laughs> so... Yeah, you you flung these acorns out. Oh, my God. Okay, so you rolled two advantage which means that both the deadly and the burning qualities kick in. Go ahead and read the text on the spell, please. Your acorn shotgun spell. Yeah. So for deadly, its attack gains critical rating of two. The attack also gains a vicious two. Wow, Gwen, you're kicking ass. So rough estimate to me. How many acorns are you propelling? I had a fistful, so I'm trying to think how many she could fit in her gauntlet. Acorns are pretty big. So They're pretty like big. Four or five? Four? I was thinking five, yeah. Five. We'll, we'll say, say five. five. So you, you send them out. Here's the thing about magic is uh, magic is really good at putting a lot of energy into a very little space. So when you send it out there, functionally what you have sent out is tiny like little explosive wooden shards so when they impact they spread out and they start shredding and while they are shredding they are lighting on fire so you have successfully into the chaos as golems are beginning to rise up and move forward and like wreak havoc you just sent death splintering (laughs) at these people and you successfully clear a path where now you all will be able to rush down and uh follow Luna successfully, because Luna definitely led the charge on that one. Amazing. Awesome. Gwen, who do you want to follow up on that incredible weeb bullshit? (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad you appreciate that. I do. I really do. If anyone was going to, it's you. Let's, I'm going to pick Suri. I'm going to, after all that, I'm going to turn to my captain and I'm going to hand it off to her. All right, Suri, you're up, baby. All right, so Suri needs to get to the church. So how how clear is her path now to get to the church? Relatively unimpeded, it is still a battlefield. I would like you to know, as the captain, as a maneuver, you are able to try and make a leadership check to try and inspire the rest of the crew. And if you succeed, they add blue dice to their rolls. I would like to do that. Okay, If you succeed, you're going to have to give a nice, cool, rousing speech or just some sort of like cool thing that actually inspires them. So um, go ahead and make leadership versus two purples, please. Okie dokie, one second. Okay, so it only counts for uncanceled successes. So uh, everybody within earshot, which I think is everybody except for Luna and Travis, on your next uh, roll out of blue. Yes. But, sorry, what do you say to inspire 
your crew. Suri's not eloquent. (laughs) Suri looks out into this burning battlefield of acorn shards and golem shards and just complete disaster and looks at all of them and goes, don't fuck it up. You're doing great. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. How very RuPaul of you. <laughs> Is that it for her? Does she sprint to the church? Now go go ahead and make an athletics check for me. Great. I want her to get me to the church on time. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to. That was good. That You know what? You add a blue die to your roll too. That was good, kid. I'll, I'm going to give you that. That one's on me. Oh <laughs> that one's on me. Okay, so go ahead and make an athletics check versus three purples, please. Excuse me. No, no, no. Uh, between everybody did really good work, so go ahead and roll two purples because Gwen and Luna have successfully softened them up. Got it. One second. One failure, one triumph. Here's what I'm going to say. You don't make it to the church. You do wind up getting caught up in the melee. Mm-hmm. So everything is kind of going crazy, which does help because, uh, so it was Travis and then it was Luna and then it was Gwen and then it was, sorry. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you do get caught up in the melee. Who's with you to help you try and get through the melee? Who goes next? I'm thinking Atlas. You keep the baby out of violence. Yeah, I feel like baby <laughs> needs to go last. <laughs> Everybody puts baby in the corner in this point. <laughs> <laughs> So you said we're like caught up in the in the melee. Is there like like the one big dude in like in front of us, like trying to try to strong arm us or whatever? Do you want there to be? So yeah, I like. <laughs> then there is. <laughs> when we turn the corner and there's that guy who's like uh, trying to stop us. Yeah, uh, I've been smoking a cigarette this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> want to point that in your face? I pull the cigarette out of my mouth, and you can see that there's a little rune I drew on the cigarette earlier, and I like. Like I like I'm putting it out like in his forehead, and as I do, I like push it back a little bit, and I set the rune off. It has a fire rune on it. Oh my god, you weebs! I love you. <laughs> <laughs> this is I can totally see this where it's like you take the long drag and then it cuts to the side where it's just like you see like <laughs> where it's like a profile. Like yeah. as the flame is passing the rune. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> this is too cool. I love you guys. Yeah, this is rune fire magic. So uh just it's an attack with the burn quality. So I think that's just two perps versus your uh rune magic. So uh two advantages. So I've got good news and bad news. Rip. The bad news is you didn't really hurt him. The good news is you did set him on fire. <laughs> At least there's that. So he's pretty peeved. Uh, oh, dude, you didn't you didn't uh, roll a blue die just on its own because you didn't you didn't add that blue. You you are correct. It's just another advantage, though. He's just on. Fi- he's so on fire right now, and the spell only costs you one strain. Let's say that's what the other advantage is instead of two strain. Okay, so now it's his turn. He's gonna try and attack you with his fearsome, on fire meaty big meaty claws. <laughs> well, these claws ain't just for mating. <laughs> What's your soak? Three. So you take three wound. Nice. So basically what winds up happening is like you set his head on fire. He screams and then he just decks you in the face. (laughs) (laughs) So the only person left is Cassandra. So what do you want to do, baby? She's probably followed behind their path of 
destruction, yeah. I would assume, to yeah. get herself to said church. Correct? You tell me, babe. Okay. Yeah, I would assume that she has just sort of tried to follow them through this and like not get hit by either a golem or a bandit and, and stay with the party. But she sees Atlas get decked in the face in this church. They're not at the church yet. Oh, they're not? No, no, no. They're caught oh. in the melee in the middle of the street. Oh, okay. Never mind then. They'll be mad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um... <laughs> It's not the same. Um, <laughs> but she is going to try and help out her buddies and to augment them. Okay. And she is going to... You might want to give them haste just so they can move more. Yeah. Yeah, I think that she Or is... swift. Either haste or swift. I think swift makes um, more sense. Okay, yeah, that does make sense. So Swift is target, the, the target ignores effects of difficult terrain and cannot be immobilized. Useful for our purposes. Yeah, so. Who are you casting it on? I think Atlas. Okay, so uh, that's going to be three purples. Yes. All right, and that's going to be versus your divine. All right, three successes and one advantage. Awesome. You, you So go ahead and read the full effects of the spell to me, please. Target increases the ability of any skill checks by one. Target ignores effects of difficult terrain and cannot be immobilized. Nice. I feel buff. Awesome. So you are properly buffed. As all of this is going on, as all this chaos and carnage is happening, and Atlas, you feel this strength flowing through you. Your face doesn't feel too great, though. <laughs> as this is happening, the bandit leader comes out of the church, and he's looking around, and he's realizing what's happening. And he sees you, Luna, who I imagine just with your screamer sticks is just kind of like bapping anybody who gets too close. Just like you're coming, you're bap, bap, bap. He sees you coming up uh, and he sees everything that's happening and uh, he gets very pale. And then you see he turns and he looks at the wagon and he in his head, he kind of puts two and two together and he raises a hand and he begins charging a spell to fire at the wagon. And that is where we are ending tonight's session. No! Christopher! I had a way. Oh, God. (laughs) Write it down. Write it down. (laughs) Yeah, write it down so you don't forget. Oh man, come on! You know, you know, I gotta leave you on a cliffhanger. I can't. Of I course. can't just. That was great. I got. I gotta leave him at home questioning. Right. All right. So as is tradition, we are going to have our uh, awards for MVP and embodiment. As always, MVP is who mechanically helped us out the most. Who used the rules in the game to try and get us further to our goals. And embodiment is who do you think uh, role-played the best? Who do you think inhabited the essence of their character the best? Uh, As always, I do not get a vote. If anybody ties, uh, they both win. My vote for MVP is Luna. Travis is Luna fan, fan boy. (laughs) (laughs) We stand the queen. (laughs) Always get me out of situations. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh stop. Oh. <laughs> I think without Luna, we would not make it this far this time. Yeah, I vote Luna. It sounds like it's unanimous. Yeah. Definitely. All right, Luna, congratulations. You win the MVP for this episode. Next up, embodiment. Who do you think adds some who do you think inhabited their character the best? I don't know. Y'all f- fucking crushed it. Atlas. Uh, my vote was for Atlas. Yeah. I mean, honestly, all of you were amazing, but 
I think we had some really great role-playing scenes. I think from across the board, I think everybody had a moment where they got to really shine with role-playing. But it does sound like that our resident, uh, wonderful professor, Atlas White, wins the Embodiment Award. So, Mike, congratulations. You are going to get a mild XP boost. Thank you. Amazing. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to A Troop of Players. I certainly hope you folks at home had fun listening in. I know I had fun playing. I think I can speak for everyone here at the table that this was a great time. So we will hopefully see you next time. And until then, be well, my friends. Hey, GG. Thank you for listening to A Troop of Players, an actual play podcast featuring the talents of Tatiana Bustamante, Megan Denning, Michael Jones, Alex Koza, Tyler Lynch, Chris McLean, and Sharon Ray Ryan. Editing for this episode was provided by Mitchell Shire. Our logo was designed by Coleman Cannell. Fabula Ultima is developed by Rooster Games. It is scheduled for release in 2022 and will be published by Need Games. This podcast uses playtest materials and may not reflect the official rules upon release. The setting and characters of this podcast should not be considered canon for any official Fabula Ultima content. For more information on the game, please visit www.needgames.it or www.fabulaultima.com. That's F-A-B-U-L-A-U-L-T-I-M-A dot com. If you would like to support the development of Fabula Ultima, go to www.patreon.com slash roosteremma. That's patreon.com slash roosterema.com. Reach out to us on Instagram or TikTok for more information on the cast, crew, or lore of the game at a troop of players, or send us an email at a troop of players at gmail.com. That's at A T R O U P E of players.